those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. On account of not knowing me? On account of the feathers, chickadee. <laughs> Your father would have had half of us in the ground by now. Oh, this goddamn bird will not shut up! Oh, no! Ain't no woman on God's green earth gonna trade places with you. Especially on account of $47. Yeah. Just give me your knife and let me cut this noose off. But why don't you just loosen the knot? Oh! My mama loved me more than anyone ever will in this world. Cole Amsel, you will hang by the neck until dead. Here at Dangler's Branch. God loves you, boy. Happy birthday, Uncle Sam! What did you do? Prolonged our hanging. Oh, sweet mercy. You finally drop a prickly pear, Cole? Hearing what could only be a piece of what I knew to be true about my life as an outlaw wasn't as sobering as being blamed for taking the life of a child. Welcome to Behind the Door Season 2, the only show that takes you behind the scenes of the Grey Rooms podcast. I'm your host, Brian Black, one of the creators of the Grey Rooms, and with me is Jason Wilson, creator and the one who made this all possible. Hello, Jason. What up, man? I'm here. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, what we do is essentially talk about the making of the episode with the lead voice actor of the story and the author of the tale. The story we will be talking about today, Bo Chapel's Jailbird. So let's introduce Mr. Bo Chapel. Hi guys, how's it going? The voice actor today is a legendary name that many of you listeners might have heard before, both in this podcast and more. Let's hear it for Mr. Graham Rowett. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm feeling, thank I'm feeling the heat. You're bringing the heat. It's great. Sweet. <laughs> let's get, let's get, I don't know. I almost said, let's get it on. That doesn't work. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for coming. And also, thank you so much for an amazing first episode, guys. Wow. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus 250,000. Did we, did we hit that? <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, we, yeah. we did hit the 250 mark with one Congrats. episode. We <laughs> we had 250,000 downloads. It was amazing. Yes, over. <laughs> Good job, Bo. Yeah, it's only. Good job, was, everybody. It was still, but yeah, everybody that's last season building up to this. Jeez. Yeah. Well. I'm telling you, you had a great first episode. I think a lot of we're going to hear a lot, you know, from our fans about it. And starting with you, Bo, actually, I did have a question. What did you think of the episode? Oh, uh, I, I, I can't tell you how, uh, just how fantastic it turned out. It was because between submitting the story and getting it back, there's this long wait, and eventually you just have to forget that it's happening. And uh, so when it came back, it was just, I was just blown away. It was one of those things where I, 
I, I don't believe I wrote that. It was just I, so it was just so elevated. You know, I, I, I definitely feel that myself when we're writing episodes. It feels like it's somebody else's. It's really crazy how everybody can take control of that and really make it feel new, even though Absolutely. you know how the story goes. Absolutely. Just just what they took was just just words on a page and what what everybody did with it. It's just just amazing. So yeah, I absolutely adore it. That's good to hear. Very man. proud of it. Do you sometimes get? Um, do you almost? Uh, it's been so long since you wrote it and you submitted it. Are there part, parts that you listen to and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Oh yeah, there was there, oh there was a lot, especially the uh, there was a lot of stuff with uh, between uh, Sheriff Gillum and uh, Graham. Mm-hmm. French character, uh, cool. It, there was a lot of this stuff. I just flat out forgot I wrote a lot of that dialogue. I think and they it, just made it up. It was just, <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's funny. I did go back and check. I was like, did I write that? <laughs> uh, and it was just, everybody did. Uh, it was just so fun listening to. It was so authentic. That that's what I want. That's what I want to say. It was just so authentically a western. Nice. Well, let me ask you, Bo. What made you want to write a western? Well, that's funny because uh, it was right after the season had ended, season one. Yeah. And me and you were talking about submission stuff. <laughs> and you would talk about like, oh, maybe I'll write a rest or something. You're like, well, I was like, well, if you don't end up, you know, let me know. It might be fun. You know, you know, I love Westerns, obviously, because my novel and stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was just kind of waiting and, and then they got to the point where it's like oh I got a really good idea Brian are you going to write that western because I kind of want to write a western <laughs> and then uh, you basically came back later and you was like yeah I just did that so you would write a western <laughs> <laughs> so you I basically, don't remember that part <laughs> yeah you did it, the old uh, bait and switch uh, right there good job yeah, Brian good job. you planted the uh, planted the dream seed nice <laughs> Probably ooh, the, ooh, ooh, Brian, you got to tell him you're going to write a sci-fi horror next. Well, <laughs> you know, what's funny is I've been trying to plant the seed in so many people. Whoa. Because when somebody... Whoa. Oh, God. There he goes again. Oh. <laughs> he did it on Geekman and he's doing it again. What's the time on the clock? And let's see what everybody bet for um, when the first one was going to drop. You know, I'm just going to put one of those <laughs> right in there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I mean, though, is, is when we did do the submissions for season three, I've been People ask me what I want. I've been trying to plant as many story seeds as possible, trying to get different, you know, like sci-fi and Western. Yeah, just, you know, it would be great if, if you're going to write for season three. Just think of all kinds of different horror stories and send them to us. Hint, hint. Get crazy. Hint. <laughs> I want a spaceship. Give me a spaceship. <laughs> Graham, uh, with you, yeah. have you... Have you played many Western roles? <laughs> well, um, no, uh, but one, uh, I did get to work a little bit uh, on the video game Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes, sir. Uh, where uh, I was in a motion capture suit on a sound stage, and uh, I did one, uh, I did one scene, one, uh, well, there was two levels. You, there was, I was a, I ran the gun shop in uh, Rhodes, I think was the town. 
And uh, so I had to uh, stand there in this, um, you know, it's basically a diving suit with all the dots on it, like you've probably seen in video game um, behind the scenes kind of stuff. And I sort of stood there and I said, hello, welcome to the shop. And uh, and then I had to act out what would happen if uh, the player um, pulled a gun on me and told me to go, he wanted to see what was in the basement. And I, I won't ruin it for people, but there's a secret and a secret in the basement. Um, so yeah, that was my main uh, experience with Westerns. And they don't really test your dialects. You just show up and they're like, and you just do what you've got. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of actors have their sort of stereotypical, I'm doing a Western kind of thing and I'll do it like that. And of course, my guy was more... Uh, Hi, welcome to the theater. And I did put it up there a little more. And then just because because it's the, you know, if you're the hero, you put them down here and you talk like that and you're tough and you no one's going to mess with you. And <laughs> if you're if you're the yokel behind the counter, you're like, how you doing? Um, so I uh, so the Red Dead, I was more the the how you doing guy. And, and then as Cole, I got to be a little more of the traditional uh, hero or rather anti-hero. Now, wouldn't you say you might be uh, kind of on the wrong side of the law there, Cole? <laughs> no, no, Bo, you played uh, that scene, right? You saw Graham. Yes, yes. I, I've, I, I, every time I'm, I'm in that area, too, like on, online, I'll just go and hang out with uh, Graham. I, I <laughs> if I'm close, if I'm, I'd rather go to Rhodes than uh, anywhere at St. Denis. Anywhere. I was just like, I want to go hang out with Graham. We're gonna have to like. Are you, are you PS4 or Xbox? Uh, well, because all my friends are on Xbox and I play Xbox because it's only, or else I'll be playing by myself. So, all right, well, never mind. <laughs> it's, it's that type of thing. You you got to get where your friends go. Majority rules. See, I have the. Uh, I bought it. I bought the game. Um, I also did some work on uh, Grand Theft Auto V, and I was uh, horrified to learn that they don't give you free copies of the game. Uh, yeah. I was so, so annoyed with that that I never, uh, like, it took me like two years to get a copy of Grand Theft Auto V. And, and I saw my stuff online pretty quickly, so I didn't need to. And with Red Dead, I'm like, well, I know they're not going to give it to me, so I'm just going to get it. I'm going to buy it, and I'll put it in, and I'll start playing it. And then the first night, I played like an hour and then the next day I found my stuff online and I was like on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not playing that anymore. Well, <laughs> same question yeah. to you, Graham. PlayStation yeah. 4 or Xbox? I bought it for PlayStation 4. Okay, well, we got to hook up. <laughs> yeah, I also have the PlayStation 4, but nobody cares, I guess. <laughs> I, I, but I never played the last thing I'm playing, I'm playing Death Stranding, but it's another conversation, another Ooh, podcast. Yeah. But yeah. Wait a I, minute, Bo. You have a PlayStation 4, don't you? Because you have the, you played the Spider-Man game. If he's playing Death Stranding, he is. Yeah. 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 I got. Yeah, I got both. Uh, I, I just, just don't. I, I just buy the games. I don't. I don't play them anymore. And that's the, the way I. Uh, there's there's yeah. just there's always <laughs> yep. too much stuff to do. Um, Graham, how did you uh, get into Cole's character? I know you kind of encroached yeah. upon that, but um, yeah, I love I love uh, the idea of a character who, um, you know, most people have their own idea of right and wrong, and you know, I think Cole 
before things really start going south, he he doesn't mind, you know, thieves, thieves, even if you're stealing from people, you feel like you're justified in it. And uh, I think Cole probably comes from, you know, he's found ways to justify his behavior as being not, not necessarily lawful, but not necessarily bad. Um, but as soon as Belinda... Uh, shoots the the child uh, is when everything starts to slide uh, south from there and uh, I think he has to come face to face with um, the fact that maybe maybe he doesn't have maybe he's not you know he's he's never thought of himself as good but maybe he didn't he was able to keep himself thinking that he wasn't bad and that starts to evaporate so in terms of how did I get there though um, it's really just um, through Bo's writing and through the uh, conversations and the monologues that uh you just kind of sink your sink into it, and I, I guess, yeah, it's it's just the power of imagination is is the shorter answer. I found myself liking Cole. Honestly, yeah. I was like, wow, I kind of like this guy. So you did yeah. did a good job, Graham. Well, thanks, <laughs> and I loved I, I like the fact that um, you know, there's a wonderful Bo. Uh, obviously, water, wrote a wonderful. Um, and the the door is open for coal for redemption it's it's open the 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 robin comes and um tries to pull him back and belinda comes in and uh you know there's a moment where it he's on the he's on the fence he's on the edge he could go either way and he he just dives off the deep end and you know he's lost and it's a great the fact that there could have been a chance of of salvation and and it just fell apart is, is a great, great thing. Uh, Graham, la- um, mm-hmm. another question then is, because you, you got in a Coles character, but how did you get into the bank manager's character? <laughs> <laughs> sure, the bank manager, uh, I needed him to be as vocally, I tried to make him, uh, uh, whenever I have to do more than one voice, there's the idea of, well, I want I have an idea of who this guy could be but i also feel like i need to make sure he's vocally different so even though uh, so i basically just tried to um uh, i had i had a picture of what he would look like in my mind and then i tried to push i tried to find a voice that fits that character but is also uh far enough away from the other character i'm doing uh so he was just somebody who was a bit of a, a a blustering blowhard and then i and tried to pitch it vocally in a different octave. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It is. I have to imagine it is pretty hard though, when you have multiple characters in a story like that, especially talking to each other. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I do a lot of audiobooks and I have characters. You, you always have to bounce back and forth between characters having conversations mm-hmm. and in audiobooks, they actually prefer that you don't make really broad choices so the lead character of the book will always be my natural speaking voice and then he goes into the room and talks to his captain and his captain is like well why did you do that I told you that was a bad thing to do and then I'll go back well I'm sorry but that's what you wanted to and then the the female officer will come in and she'll be like I was on the bridge captain and I saw what he did and it was it was the best thing to do and it's 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 just like in degrees uh, but I think in an audio drama people expect it to be different people. We really mm-hmm. set up the convention of having different people in every role. Right. Um, and this year we have a couple opportunities for double casting. So I feel a, a bigger pressure to make it different and big choices. 
Nice. How's that uh, work for you, uh, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it works, works great, man. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, um, going. Actually, we will go to Jason. Um, and this is kind of going back a little bit. I got a little head, but what do you look for in a horror story? Me? Well, I mean, I'm kind of a traditional slasher monster kind of dude. So just, I guess, crunches and slurps and slops and just, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever's just going to, when, when I, when I listen to something, I kind of want my jaw to be on the floor and I, I kind of want to walk away from that. Like, oh my God, that was terrible. That was horrific. And that was just something just really gross. <laughs> Can I can I interject with something? Uh, sure. Yeah, go this, ahead. This episode it was uh, during. Uh, I'm assuming spoiler alerts for everybody that hasn't. Uh, when Belinda's death, I had give Jason a specific window. Like, oh, he can pretty much do any sound effect he wants here. Just just flashes and gashes and whatever he wants. And it was very low key. And then I was like, oh, he, he was really reserved. He really pulled back on this season. He didn't <laughs> go over the top. And then the episode closes out with the most horrific, grotesque <laughs> gurgles. And yeah. just, <laughs> and I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a really yeah. great, that was a really great, um, uh, the, the, if you were to, you, you know, the word, Jason really creates these audio uh, movies. And yeah. so in that final gurgle and gasp, you, you, the camera sort of had not fallen onto Belinda yet. You know, the action happened, but it, it had sort of followed Cole. And then it's like the cameras panned down to her at last. And then you saw what he'd, he'd done and you saw her, that <laughs> she was still holding on to life. And then you hear yeah. the wolves howl, and it's it's such a great, grim, yeah. horrific, in my little movie that's playing. It's great. Yeah, it's great it. closer. I loved it. Yeah. Well, it was a really easy script to work with because it was a it was a really well written story, and um, it just you know it it, it um, imprinted its own video into my head. So it was kind of like I was just taking what I was seeing and putting it out there. So thanks, I appreciate that. I was really happy with how, how it ended, truly. Jason, that actually um, gets me right to the next question I was going to ask you. When you have a Western like Jailbird, yeah. what, do you, what do you do for ideas to, to bring that story to life? Honestly, it's kind of funny that you ask me that right after we talk about Graham. Because, I mean, I, I, my, my dad was like big... Um, John Wayne fan, you know, I watched a lot of Clint Eastwood movies when I was a kid. I, I was a Western fan for the most part when I was a kid. But what really set the pace for this, to be honest with you, is I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And it was just really easy to just build that environment and yeah. just kind of go with the, just the story off of Red Dead Redemption. So that was pretty yeah. much it. Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was... It was kind of my opportunity to uh, uh, to act out. Yeah, it, it all stems back to Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption too. Wanting for me, wanting to be the uh, I wanted to be the lead. I mean, I don't know how they cast the lead actor in Red Dead Redemption too, but I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> I'll show. This is what I'll do it right now. 
Yes, I bet they one of them will listen to our pod. One of the one of the Rockstar people listen to the Gray Rooms. And they'll see. <laughs> well, hey, if Rockstar is listening, they'll feel pretty good that uh, they pretty much uh, inspired oh, a lot of God. a lot of this episode. Right, I big time. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get slapped with an NDA. <laughs> well, it's like well, it was like with the Red Dead Redemption too. When I was playing it, the world was so vast and big, 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 big. big that it, it really just opened my ears to uh, some things. And, and that actually made me experiment with um, some panning and some envelopes. You know, I mean, I've taken season two and I'm actually doing some things I don't know how to do. I'm learning how to do some other things like different envelope packages, like different, uh, for example, like with um, Cole when he's in the bank, that was it. That was a an interesting little fade with with a, a pan at the same time that made Cole just go off in the background while he was berating Belinda, talking about how she dumped in her pants on a carousel. But, but I loved how it turned out because it made the world so big. It just like got really big. Like you're almost in there and you can look and see he's way over there, you know, arming this safe, you know. So Red Dead Redemption 2 did have a lot to do with the uh, um, atmosphere in this story nice all right guys um Bo let's go back to you um one of the this is about one of the big themes of the uh, story you um basically have the, the idea of whether or not you're being the same person as your mom and dad um, and how that plays a big part in the story. So where did that idea come from that, you know, that character basically had sort of a battle between the personalities, between his mom and his dad, good and bad, all those sort of things? Uh, it wasn't there in the ori original uh, script. It was, I mean, there was still the debate, but I mean, it kind of grew more and more after I changed the ending and, you know, came up with, I, I think, better ones. Because the first one was just like a cop alien, and I wasn't satisfied with it. Uh, but I've always been one of those. To me, I enjoy stories where people have they question their identities, or they've been given an identity, and it's whether or not they accept that identity. Like, so I'm a big fan of like The Matrix and Memento and The Dark City, and you know stories like that where it's just, mm -hmm. are you who? people say you are or can you define who you are by yourself and i think that's just a really important thing to tackle in everybody's life it's who are you and how do you define yourself right and everybody is doing that constantly it's like uh seeing a sculpting clay or chiseling away marble it's like every little bit's just there's a little something every day and it's it's when you try to ignore that stuff and then all of a sudden you're confronted with it. What do you do? So I like stories where people are just, you know, their noses are kind of shoved into it. And it's like, what are you, you going to do about this? Hmm. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of it's kind of like that story you wrote for season one. You know, how a person doesn't, you know, doesn't have to accept the role they've been given. So they just become somebody else. Yeah. Which, by the way, if nobody's heard that story, they should definitely go take an opportunity to listen to that story. That was a great story. Anybody want to say the title on the, in the microphone? Look alike. 
Look alike. <laughs> that was Look a great alike. story. Um, Bo, do you want to tell people uh, where your initial draft uh, ended? Uh, Bo? Oh, sorry. Yeah, things went a little haywire there for a second. What's up? Did you hear the question or? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Things went down. Sure, no. Uh, I was just, um, do you want to tell people where your original draft uh, ended? Oh, God. If, uh, as long as people don't hate me for not doing that in there. No, I think they'd be, uh, fasc- they'd be fascinated. Well, uh, the original ending was uh, Cole was Cole played the bird into letting him go, and then he chose the bird. Oh my gosh! No, I and, didn't see that draft. Yeah, no, no, I didn't turn it in at all. And, gotcha, uh, gotcha. and then uh, this giant demonic bird would have shown up, and he would have been like, you know, what the hell is this? And, and she would that was my wife. Yeah, she would be like, "This is my father," <laughs> and uh, so I was like, "Oh, it's you know, it's a theme, but that's like it's a that's hammer." And it, I was using a hammer, so uh, I, I got rid of that draft you know, pretty quick. But uh, I turned in when I turned in the story, the draft that everybody's seen. There was two places to end it, right? Because I didn't know how people would take it if uh, the main character wasn't. If it wasn't perfectly clear that the main character died. Right. So the original ending of the story that it turned in, I put a note in there, like when Cole starts to fade out with the wolves and he starts to hang. And he says, I feel I feel regret. Uh, that's where the story would have ended. And if right. I get basically left it up to everybody in the great rooms to kind of take a vote. And uh but uh, I guess everybody voted to keep going with it. Yeah. And you full in there. Yeah, I like how this one ended. I do. Because somebody still died. <laughs> um, yeah. And and yeah, and in many ways, the, 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 the coal is, goes to a place that, you know, I, I think whatever the, the path that coal well, is we'll, now We'll talk on about is, that, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Sure. <laughs> so... Um, well, you know, Graham is, uh, you know, hanging out with us and, and wanting to ask questions here. Um, I wanted to ask him one and basically this goes to the fact that one of those notes that Bo was talking about gave us not only a list of options we had for the ending, but also actors that we should cast for the story. (laughs) And so one of the uh, actors... (laughs) <laughs> one of the actors that was very important that uh, Bo wanted to see was um, actually all the actors were really from um, Lookalike as well, which was interesting. So Bo, or I'm sorry, Graham, how did you feel to uh, be specifically asked by the author to do his short story? Um, I was uh, uh, honored. I was honored. Um, yeah, I, um, it's, it's, uh, first off, it's, it's always flattering for anybody to say, uh, I like what you did the, with the last thing I wrote and, uh, would you, would you mind doing that? That's a a great compliment. Um, and, uh, knowing, um, that, 
that the story you're going to get to do is going to be a good one because you know the author and how he writes. Uh, and so, and, and as a performer, that's all I, that's one of my main concerns and pleasures is getting to perform uh, emotionally complicated stories. So yeah, it was a great feeling and uh, I was excited. Hey Graham, so, just so you know oh, that um, I am, I'm happy that you did this because nobody else could have done it as good as you did. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I also feel like there was a, a bit of, um, who knows if this will continue this way, but I know that our season one of the Grey Rooms, um, I uh, uh, voiced um, the Great War. And so there's a there's a part of me that likes sort of the the symmetry of of kicking off a season. Then um, you know, like a, who knows if that'll happen again? But uh, it kind of fit in my mind nicely that way too. Yeah, I thought so. I thought everything went really good with this this opener. Yeah, it really did. So like downhill I was, from here. I was kind of worried there. Because <laughs> uh, you turn in, you're like, I know how I feel, but I don't know how Graham feels about me. For, exactly, <laughs> and I, I and my writing, and I was just, I was, I was very nervous. Oh, but I was, I was just like, oh, I, I really enjoyed everybody on that cast, and it was just, yeah, it was one of that those highlights of my my writing career to hear that. So it was important to me that it, you know, try right. to get well, everybody back because I love them so much, including yeah. Gabe too, because yeah, Gabe and Holly, and I just. And I told, uh, I did, I told Brian, I'm like, it's going to be a precedent now that, like, you have to have all three of them and all of my stories will start picking them. <laughs> oh, come on, bro. Well, Bo's directing our show now. He's, he's, he's going to take over. All right, well, there we go. Season three, we now know what's going to happen. It's going to be Gabe, Holly, and Graham. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> hey, Bo, um... You know, you mentioned that you loved those characters so much, but did all of the acting that they did for this story, did they um, fit the characters in your head? Oh, oh, they they did far superior than what I even planned. And like, you know, you hear it in your head, but you don't actually hear it. It's right. not. No, they they far they far exceeded everything. And plus, I didn't know, you know, who was going to be. I got, I got, I got to give it. Jason didn't know he was going to take uh, Gillen part. I did not know he was doing that. So when he showed up, <laughs> yeah, and he says that first line, <laughs> it's okay, Bo. Neither did we. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, yeah that's an interesting story in and of itself. Uh, I would actually like to hear like what made you decide to because you did a fantastic <laughs> job when you show up. <laughs> I'm like, going to take, tell I'm gonna take this and I'm going to tell this with ultimate sensitivity. Uh, and I agree that Jason did a fantastic job. That's, yep, yeah. there, there was a strange issue happening with the uh, the cloud server that we were using. Um, I had found an actor that uh, I, I wanted. I in my imagination the sheriff was. Uh, um, a, a slightly older voice, uh, although Jason's stuff was beautiful. In fact, it was so beautiful that I ultimately listened to him going, thinking, wow, he sounds a lot like uh, and, uh, Paul. Paul Arbisi, um is a voice actor that uh, David Steele got me connected to. Um, 
he gave us lines uh, with him. We had a back and forth. I sort of trimmed out the stuff we didn't want. I, I got it down to stuff. And when it came time to give to Jason, the cloud service wasn't working. So I sent it through uh, our, our, our Outlook server. And we had a bunch of problems going on at this time. Yeah. And ulti- ultimately, when Jason sat down to edit things together, he couldn't find the file. And I think in his mind, he uh, there was another conversation that went through his mind, which was, oh, I think Graham cast me as this part. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> <My> uh, <fault. laughs> and I didn't realize until I heard the final mix. And even then, I wasn't listening for it. It was only when I saw the credits, because the voices are not that dissimilar, that I went, wait a minute. And I still haven't told Paul yet. Oh. And I'm wondering, I don't know whether Paul is going to find out on his own. uh, He literally wrote me, Paul gave us some audio for episode two. And he wrote me back today uh, after the holidays going, just want to check if it's if you got what you wanted. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got to tell him. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you, could tell yeah. Him to, you could tell him to listen to this, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, thank a, you, Paul. Yeah, Jeez. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like Paul's exceptionally talented because after after the fact, and, and I went back and looked and listened to everything, I was like, wow, that, this would have been great. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was totally <laughs> my fault, totally my fault on right. that. I will take the blame all day, every day on that. So, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is that your uh, your sheriff in no way uh, uh, diminished the story. You're, you uh, you not even you 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 were fantastic in the part, and it was um, it was only afterwards that I went. Wait a minute. Wait wait a second. <laughs> but you know what the yeah. funny thing is is I was listening to a JM mix today of the next story coming up, and I was like I looked at my wife and I said, "Wow, I." I play a couple of big roles in the first two stories. This is awesome. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that Graham would do that. You know, cast me in those two stories right off the top. Yeah, my bad. That's my bad. So, Bo, that was my bad. But yeah, I, if it means anything, I had an absolute blast doing the, the Sheriff Gilliam. That was fun because the, the way I looked at it is like, I'm looking at this guy like I'm kind of half half cocked at him like whatever dude you you're gonna talk to me you got a noose around your neck you're gonna stand there and you're gonna listen to me talk you run your mouth I control the town boy <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's that's how I took it you know it's like well sorry <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Love Jason oh. while you're uh, while you're there I'll give I you your I'll give you his email address. Yeah, you need to send him a big one. <laughs> Still gonna pay him. Yeah. Um, Jason, yeah. one one thing what I wanted to ask you is because we were mentioning uh, JM. So JM creates our music, but what sort of things did you talk about for Jailbird specifically to bring out that music that we had? Nothing. <laughs> no, seriously, nothing like JM. Uh, I got to tell you, man, if there's one thing I can say about anything as far as production on this, if there's one thing I absolutely one person I absolutely click with. It's JM. Like he and I really feed off of each other. The only thing I think I told JM was a Western. And that was it. Nice. I mean, he is he is an exceptionally talented musician and composer so 
Like, like listening to what he did. I'm I'm super giddy whenever he sends me a text message and says, "Hey, I have a preview file for you to listen to." Like, All right, I gotta jump on that. I gotta find a way. I gotta find a way to like not work for an hour or something. Like, they put some headphones yeah. on, and listen. To- yeah, he is an exceptionally talented composer, and yeah, we're really lucky to have him here at the Great Room. Seriously, yeah, we've got an amazing team. Uh, surprise, spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm nice. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go sir. ahead. Well, I was just going to say that this is um, this is the season where all of the music you hear is being produced by J.M. Sheriff. Uh, last season, some of the beginning episodes right. were just kind of picked out from the internet. This time, it's all J.M. So he is it, all this amazing music is all his, and he has it on his site now. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So J.M.'s can, actually. I think he's compiling stuff to put together an actual like entire discography of every season. That's his goal, yes. I think. Yes. Good. On vinyl. Oh, I, <laughs> Graham, I hope. I hope. <laughs> I love vinyl. <laughs> I went to uh, Podtails uh, this year, and there was a podcast there, um, the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Hour, uh, and they had. Uh, they had put their demo, every table was supposed to have a way for uh, people to come and listen to a sample of their show. They had pressed their demo onto vinyl. Wow. <laughs> well, that makes an impression. Then. Yeah. You would come up and you put on headphones and the, and the disc would be spinning. How crazy was that? And yeah, that is <laughs> the vinyl. We got to have it. We're going to figure it out because yeah. I, I want it because I love vinyl. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, I have a question for everybody here. So who wants to answer first? Don't all answer at once. Bo. Bo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, he was so loud when he said that. He was like, I want to <laughs> answer it first. Here's the question. What was your favorite scene to do? Or in your case, what was your favorite scene to write? Oh, uh, I know, right? It was close. I I, I I like the 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 sheriff coal exchanges, but I, I, to me the heart of it was right. I always enjoy writing monologue. That's another reason I really wanted Graham to do it because Graham is fantastic at doing monologues, and it was very heartfelt. He of course he delivered, uh, and I, I I think it's it, it just I I love the opportunity to kind of uh, uh, emote through the characters that way when they're given an opportunity to finally, you know, you know, spill from the, spill from the heart and say what they really mean finally. And I I just, I enjoy writing scenes like that. So that for me, when he finally expressed how he felt. Graham, what do you think? What was your favorite? Um, Yeah. Uh, I I gotta say, yeah, that was I I hadn't picked that one, but I mean, yeah, obviously when when uh, as a performer, when you get to actually um, you get to the emotional heart of a piece, uh, that's and it's so well written and it's so um, revealing of a really subtle and uh, 
you know, the, the war inside of a person and the struggle. It, 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 that, that, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I love, I love sort of like shouting uh, insults at the sheriff and, you know, the bravado <laughs> of not being scared, even though you're standing there with a noose around your neck and um, <laughs> still trying to act all cool. And, and even though you're, your seconds uh, from death uh, and uh, all of all of that stuff is a lot of fun. Uh, so there's there's a but but yes the the emotional when it all quiets uh, all the, all of the big, the loud stuff falls away and it's just a person talking and trying to come to grips with what they've done. Uh, I'd say so. I, I'll go with the same part as Bo there. Jason. Well, I don't know. I think my uh, favorite part, honestly, of this to do was uh, the very beginning, to be honest. The um, the kind of when you step through the door and and you start to kind of look around, kind of like Westworld, you know, you walk in there and you kind of get your your eyes around and you look around and see how big it is. You hear the anvil and you hear you hear like a stagecoach go by people walk in and then the explosion of the bombs and I, I, I think the I think the very first mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. series of that all the way up to um, the, uh, the the horse the horse ride with Belinda and Cole where they're shooting but they're getting shot at and you hear the bullets whizzing by and everything else like that I, I just thought that that whole first half was probably the funnest part I, I really really had a really good time building that world at the, the, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When setting, you, setting it up, establishing the world. That's wonderful. Yeah. What, what do you do when you sit down, Jason, and decide to build that world? Um, one of the differences with the story was that it was actually submitted to us in script format. So you didn't have a lot of, you know, like you could follow sound effects and music along with the story. Right. You had to create a lot of those scenes yourself. So how do you go about, you know, setting your mind up as to what kind of sound effects you wanted for, you know, each each second of the of the production? Well, you know, again, like the script format was really cool. I actually am becoming quite a fan of that format. But um, um, all I all I did was just really take where it was going and just just kind of close my eyes man and just figure out how i would think it would it would come in the first thing i thought of okay was well, gonna be nothing and then a stagecoach kind of go rolls in and out but yeah just kind of take the cues off of the narration and everything else like that and just it's just kind of built from there just kind of close my eyes and think about how i would like to watch this movie what movie am i watching and that's pretty much it well, you definitely made an awesome movie. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I know that wasn't a sexy answer, but it is. It is. <laughs> no, but it is. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, going back um, specifics to the story, I did want to ask Bo. Um, one of the interesting things that happens is is that Belinda does come back to rescue um, Cole from the situation he's in. Why do you think he? Uh, why do you think she came back? Oh, uh, Belinda is, uh, That's good Belinda is one of those people that needs, they need a heel. 
they need somebody that they can just you do this and manipulate and because they themselves cannot make it on their own. And she's one of those people. And she was out there and I, I always imagine that she was out there in more trouble. She, of course <laughs> she blew all the money. Of course she did. And and forty seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I can't do this by myself and I don't wanna have to put in the effort to build up somebody else hire somebody and do this and that and other. So she, and she went back for him, just not because to help him, to help her. Selfish. Yes. It's completely (laughs) selfish. That's exactly why she came back. So in case anybody would read the story or listen to it and thought, oh, Belinda does care about him. Yeah, but just squashed your dreams. (laughs) No, yeah. You know, I, mean, I never was, once thought that she cared about him. Not one time. No. The whole time was that I was like, no, seriously, I totally was like, okay, this is totally a relationship of convenience. That's what it is. Yeah, for sure. No, I, um, I'm also careful about how I pick my names, too. I specifically go and name characters. Well, aside from uh, Yoke and uh, Gillum, those are named after people I know. I just decided it'd be fun to stick their names in there. <laughs> but uh, like Belinda is, I picked that name because it means snake, oh. and that's exactly what she is. She's a snake. Oh, I, she's, nice. I did not know this. Yeah, I didn't either. And uh, yeah, she's very manipulative, and that's even at the end. That's when she when that's when she pulled the big guns about like you know you know who you know who your dad was because she was that was the end of it. She knew she was losing him, and yeah. she didn't have any more control over him. I'm going to, can I ask a question? And I think I asked this to you, Bo, um, once through uh, direct message, but, and you can tell me if it's uh, up to the listener. Um, The idea that that I, when I, when I was reading this story, I, I kept feeling like the, the Robin was the, was his dead mother. Yeah. I had a couple people, yeah, you know, after that aired, I had a couple actually uh, message me about that, and uh, the same question. I think Brooks is one of them too. Hey, Brooks. And the, and the ambiguity uh, is quite nice, so don't feel. feel I wanted the to leave it. To... I know what I wrote, but I wanted to leave it open ended for everybody. Yeah. Because, I mean, th- there's all sorts of ways you could look at it. Uh, yeah. He could have seriously been out there, just dying of dehydration and imagining this whole thing and he ends up does you know hanging from the road and that, that is indeed how he died or you know the bird could be his mother or it could not be his mother I, I kind of left that up to I wanted to leave that up to the yeah. reader yeah so, so to speak I know what I intended and but I didn't right. want to like I didn't it, I didn't want to put it in too much but no I like it it is what it is. I want people with, you know, they decide. Um, also something that I know that <clears throat> I don't think you initially knew, Bo, was um, because we, uh, in the second season of The Grey Rooms, were... Uh, we want to uh, pay everybody, uh, which is a which is a big thing for podcasts to do and a, and a testament to... to the team to to, to yep. want to do this, uh, but but what what that does in terms of casting 
an episode, it really changes things because, uh, you know, in season one, if you had 10 characters in a, in a story, you could have 10 different actors. Uh, and that's, everything's very different now when it, every, oh, yeah. it's 10 different people to pay. So, uh, but, but then you can come up with interesting, uh, other interesting ideas, which for example, is double casting. And I thought one of the, one of the ones that I was going to attempt was what if, uh, and I know that you would, we were all wanting to try and get Holly into this story. And I thought, well, what if Holly did both Belinda and the Robin, um, which was kind of a, I thought was a bold choice. Uh, and I, I, know, she, yeah. I knew she could do it. Um, and I guess the only danger is whether anyone put that together and think there was some sort of significance to that. You know, what's funny about that, Graham, is that yeah. I, I distinctly remember sending you a message like, hey, who are the other actors and this oh, story? You, right? And you said it was Holly. Right. I said, no, nah, get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was Holly. I said, my God. Wow, she did you've been working with these job. files. You've been doing working with these files for like weeks. Yeah, I was like, who 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 are these people? <laughs> yeah. So. You realize that both of you do, you both ended up committing violent acts against yourselves in the story too. Which <laughs> <laughs> is pretty funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Except for the sheriff so, who got the ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing. I mean, it depends how you look at the end. The sheriff could be gunned down off of the script, or yeah. he could you have know. been the different actor, and that was. <laughs> <laughs> but here's let's talk about that. So, and this oh, is again, um, not to you. Well, no. you can answer it later. No, Just never chill. <laughs> the the ending, Cole survives, but is seen and described um, as basically losing his humanity. So, what do you see at the end of the story when he rides back to town? Like, it's not written in the story, but for all of you, what is your ideal ending that you see after it ends with Cole riding back to the town? What do you kind of see happening? Oh, I want to go last on this. Yeah, yeah I, you should. Yeah, yeah. I see him. Um, he had his chance to the Robin. The Robin was his chance at redemption. And when Belinda kills the Robin, um, it all shatters. And so when he kills Belinda, I feel like he's tipped over into the blackest well of darkness. So when he rides off, uh, he is he he's just a force of darkness from from then on out so i think he if he you know he goes to that town and uh he's just he he there's no conscience to him he used to have a, a sense of what he thought was right and wrong and i think he now he's lost and he's going to do bad things to people <laughs> What do you think, Jason? I can't disagree with that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I, I think this is a broken dude. Like, like, like the, the, the Robin came out and it kind of opened his eyes and, and made him think about some things and care about some stuff. And then the Robin got killed and it kind of crushed him. And yeah, he rides <laughs> off. And I, I think he's a changed person. And I th actually think it's for the for the worse. Yeah. Bo? <laughs> Nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, you're all on your own. I'm not answering. <laughs> no, no, I skipped that a bit uh, again. Uh, the, uh, I really don't. Yeah, it's that's. I don't think you I, should. I don't think you should have to answer, Bo. <laughs> really? You you ended your story the way you ended it. We you shouldn't have yeah. to say to people what happened next. <laughs> can I just say? Can I add one little note though? Yeah. I, I was listening to it. My parents weren't what I was, which they enjoyed. Which I, yeah, was very rarely do they like get the things that I do. So, but they really enjoyed this. Yeah. Uh, Good. Uh. I, I was sitting there listening to it, and it occurred to me that I wish I had wrote in that the the uh, the, the old uh, grin, the old gangly Grinsley Wolf had walked, showed back up, and walked into town with him. Oh! <laughs> and I was like, I could kill myself for not write, wrote that. Oh, so, how could we forget that? Because they had that one wolf just staring at him the whole time. Yeah. So uh, that one wolf that was staring at. Just for canon, it's it's canon, people. Uh, that wolf walked <laughs> into town with him. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Maybe <laughs> uh, I'll awesome. do some like artwork or something and show it or something. But yeah, yeah. I, I I kicked myself so hard listening. Because then I because then I say if the Robin was the mom, then the wolf is dead. Well, it's essentially. Oh, do I give that away? Nope. No. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I won't say anything. I won't say anything. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. I would have added the wolf going into town with him. I, so please forgive me. Amazing. Well, hey, yeah, we we definitely, uh, you know, he could have the wolf could have came back, ate, you know, ate Belinda, or at least you know killed her and then joined yeah. him. Nice. Um, all right. So one thing I did want to talk to you guys about is. Uh, um, the time it takes to produce this. I wanted to ask Bo and, and Graham and, you know, Jason, um, how long it took them to do their part in this story. So, Bo, how long does it take you to write um, this story from start this to finish? One, this, I turned in you at the last second. I didn't even start it until the last month, right before deadline was called. And I had worked on it a little bit and then I was like oh I'm not gonna touch it and then that last week I just powerhouse through it so let's just say a week collectively a okay week. um Graham how <laughs> yeah, long is it it's funny I I remember I was gosh I feel this was back in <laughs> uh May um, yeah sorry, it was a long time ago for sure and uh oh, wow. yeah uh, and I remember because I was going out of town for three and a half, four weeks. And uh, I knew that uh, even though I was going to have recording equipment with me, I wanted to, to see what I could get uh, recorded and into Jason's hands so he could have something to work with. And I recorded at home all the way through to, yeah, to when Belinda came back. Yeah. Yep. I remember. And yeah, I recorded <laughs> all of that. And I'd say that probably took me a full n night. And um, yeah, and then the, the second half, I recorded probably, I don't know, two months later. Oh, wow, uh, that late. I think so. I mean, 
Wow. I don't think I don't think I, I I'm pretty sure I didn't get back from my four weeks. And Jason was like, I need that next part right now. <laughs> uh, uh, although I'm used to that tone. That's um, very nice. That, that's exactly yeah, yeah. how it is here. That's yeah, a great yeah, room. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the down. Give me the audio. I um, need. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here at my software and I need some sound. Uh, and I, uh, and yeah, and then I did the second half, but I feel like it was, a, that was what was unusual about this is that it was, there was a weird uh, break between the first and the second, but I, 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 I sort of, uh, got the first chunk out the door early, earlier than normal, just because I wanted Jason to have some stuff. And then, uh, then I, I had time to come back to it. And, and I was a little concerned, uh, that I, I want to make sure I matched the tone. That would, that would be the worst thing is to come back and have a different voice and have a different intensity. Uh, so I, you know, I went right. back and listened to it and, and I, and that was important. Um, uh, but ultimately, two days just stretched out over with a, with a gap between them. <laughs> um, Jason. Well, now that everybody knows exactly how it is behind the scenes, um, <laughs> I need this now. And I need this <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, no, it's not like that at all. No, thanks, Graham. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I actually remember being floored by uh, uh, Graham saying that. It's like, oh, I'm already done through the blender part. And I was like, holy crap. But, but uh, I think I spent, honestly, I think I spent about four to five days on this story. Um, yeah. You got you got the bulk of it. Yeah, fortunately, uh, season one, like season one was the first time I ever really did any kind of editing uh, as far as audio dramas, I had never done that stuff before. I'd always worked in like radio and all that kind of little jazz. And and I learned a lot. I learned a lot of um, like uh, little shortcuts, for lack of better words, like techniques and things to kind of help me out and speed things up. And when I jumped into this, being that, you know, I work with a professional like Graham, who just delivers great stuff to begin with. And then everybody else came along. It was, it only took me... I mean, max about a week to r really come up with it. So, yeah, and it was a lot of fun to work with. And I already had, like, the gears turning in my head because I knew it was a Western, and I knew it was a Bo Chapel story, and I I've, <laughs> I've done stuff with his before. And plus, like, we put that thing out for uh, uh, Year 47, which is a great book. We have that yes. uh, here. Thank you. And, um, um, yeah, so it's like I already know what I'm working with. So, you know, the gears are just, just going. So it took me a, a solid week, which which is pretty cool now because, honestly, if I really sit down behind a story with the things I've learned and some of the stuff going on, it probably takes me about, you know, four to five days to pump out a, you know, 25 to a 40-minute story, which is it's pretty cool. Last season, I'd be pulling my hair out. Like, oh my God, I got to get 40 minutes out. How do I get this out? I don't even know. God, I got this freaking Raymond story to do. What the hell? I got behind the door. What the hell's going on? I want to just kill myself. But now I don't even care because I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy. That's the guy I was impersonating when I said, give me the audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. He's not around anymore. Nah, man. Oh. Nah, 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 now I got now I got a, a, a full decanter of bourbon, a little bit of a... A little bit of a vacation time and a whole lot of whatever. <laughs> well, to be fair, too, things like music and all of that stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was a, 
expensive yeah. and, a, and, a, and a long production to find everything. So, yeah, Graham, you, I mean, Brian, you know, like those first few stories, like some people don't know this, but those first couple of stories of the first season, a few of those cost like a couple of hundred dollars to make. Yeah. Oh God. Like, oh God. Like, I've forgotten. Yeah. I've think- forgotten yeah. you were telling me like, oh, yeah. I finished it. It cost about two hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Bose was the most expensive, wasn't it? It was like seven hundred dollars or something. It wasn't that much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah. No, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, totally it totally was. <laughs> That's what I was trying. But I actually I'm think Ice Station Bravo <laughs> was the most expensive one, honestly. So, but yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah. No. One thing with all of your knowledge, with all of Graham's knowledge, I know Bo's knowledge in the story and doing everything, you guys and with JM in there and Holly, somehow, some way, you guys decided, hey, let's do a music video. Can you guys talk about how that ended yeah. up happening and how it worked out? For, because just, it was just amazing. for clarification, that had nothing to do with me. I don't know who oh, okay. put that on, but that, I was just as surprised <laughs> as you, yeah. and it was amazing. So we yeah, did an end run, end run around Jason there. Yeah, right. Whatever is what it is. No, he had no. Jason had so he had a thousand other things to worry about. Well, um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, how did, so Graham how did that and idea Bo. come up? I think Bo must have. It must have been Bo's idea. I, I, uh, no, I think it was JM's idea actually. I, I'll tell you, I, I will tell you my part and then y'all can sort it. Uh, I got a message from Graham and he said, uh, uh, you know, considering, you know, what I did with editing that, uh, that year 47. Uh, oh, no, no. We got to go all the way back to the start, though, Bo, about how the idea of coming up with a separate, a standalone version of the song. Oh, yeah. Oh, because of the initial emails and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we were talking about that uh, the song in the story because you know, I just wrote lyrics. I'm not, I'm not a musician. Yeah. Bo had just uh, written some lyrics in the song, and uh, I think uh, Holly got to it and said, what do, I, what do you want me to do here? And I'm sure, Bo, when you wrote the story, were you thinking of Holly and knowing that she was a singer? Yeah, I knew Holly yeah. and JM would, they would do something. I had no idea Holly was a singer, by the way. That's, that's new to me. <laughs> well, you kind of do. We 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 put we mentioned her CDs, I think, last year. Oh, my God. That's right. I door. forgot. Holy cow. I suck. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but the thing is, Holly improvised that melody. Yeah. And what's crazy is that she did that improvisational melody and sent it to us to see what we thought. That was less than 24 hours too, right? I mean, she did that so quick. I think so, but then get this. um, uh, Then Holly uh, had some some stuff going on in her life and, and we were trying to get the main lines recorded and it took her a while and then she got them recorded and we had those audio files and Jason sat down to to edit it and he said, where is the song? <laughs> and so Holly... Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> when Holly recorded her main sit-down, I'm going to do all the lines, I'm going to do uh, Belinda, I'm going to do the Robin, she didn't record the song. Oh. And I went back and found that demo audio take 
that she had done. And I sent that to Jason. I'm like, uh, here, 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 here it is. Because I'm always, I always picture Jason sitting at the, at his computer and he's trying to do the work. And when there's a file missing, I feel, you know, bad. Because he's like, you know, I'm sitting here and I, if, I, if, the, if the sound of the file was where I was supposed to be, I could do my job. So I got him the file. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. I appreciate you. You're the only yeah. one. You're the only I can't one. score air. Yeah. Although JM could score air. Yeah, he JM could score air. So, but, so we only, we've worked, the entire song was built off of this one take that Holly sent us as a, how, how about this? Do you think this is good? And that's the audio wow. to this day that we've used. Hmm. And, and and then I don't know, who's the first person who sort of said, was it JM who sort of yeah. uh, said, well, yeah, we could we could do this as, as a standalone uh, um, in addition to the, how it sits in the piece. Well, you know, JM has always wanted to make his own tracks. Like he has always wanted to like take this and make something that somebody could download or have. Like he's thinking outside of just a realm of doing the ambience and the audio for the podcast. He's thinking about somebody who can have a ringtone, somebody who can, that's just JM. He's musically, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a masterpiece creation tool. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. There there was that early talks in the email that you might could lay, you you might could lay some tracks over it as well. Because you quote, do a little singing, which I laughed at. Right. He's like, (laughs) I was like, you do play Miz on Broadway. You, know that? you do a little singing. Um, oh, yeah, just, just so a little. I, just a little. I think it sort of happened that Holly, uh, uh, there was this part of the story that needed some music. So I don't think, so I think we just sort of got in a circle and, and talked about it. And Holly said, here's, here's my idea. And then JM later on sort of, he wanted to do it in context. So when he got the finished audio from Jason, then he's like, okay, I've got the song. I'll score it for the episode one way, but I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to score it a little differently as a standalone. And then I always thought to myself, because the, uh, the song is such that it is the same sort of musical phrase repeated about five times. I thought, well, maybe if there were two lines that had some harmony, that would be a good way to add another layer. Um, so I right. somehow sat down and I put in two lines of harmony, and then JM introduced a break between the the second and third verse, yeah. and then and he made this really cool thing. And then I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could have something visual? And and I I knew that. Uh, Bo had some skills there, but I I couldn't have imagined him finding this old sort of um, oh yeah uh, public public domain footage that was uh, awesome just spliced together that fit the theme and the and then the arc of the of the song it was amazing. Well, you're you're the one that it was the way you worded it in the thing. You were like you stock footage or something. And I was like stock. <laughs> yeah, like stock images or stuff, but was like, I was oh. thinking like uh, like the Ken Burns effect, and you found full yeah, just with, yeah, black and white film because there's so many like dirt old westerns that everybody's forgotten about. Just I was like, surely I can pull a narrative from one of these things. So I just I picked like a handful and I just started stripping them. And oh man, was, it just came together. <laughs> it was awesome. all luck. It was luck in the films. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. You did a good job on that. Yeah, 
But yeah, like, that was. I think that set the tone for the story. If you, you know, that kind of gave you that hint, like, yeah, the Grey Rooms is coming back, season two. Here's the first episode. This is a music video we made. <laughs> That's how epic this is. I mean, what you know? what other podcast is doing that? I mean, <laughs> come on now, seriously. Yeah. I mean, what other podcast has, has the story, has a music <laughs> video? Like, come on now. Yeah. And it's not like some cheesy music video. It's like a really elegant, old uh, school looking. It just it just works so great. Well, the beautiful so you thing guys is, all did a great job. Now the beautiful thing is, too, JM said that he kind of do something similar to every freaking story. Like he, <laughs> he, he wants to have like a music, not necessarily a music video, but he wants to have a track. For everything because he he just yeah. loves he just loves the talent that he gets to work with and that we get to work with and he just wants to do his part to escalate it even that much higher you know so gotta love jam yeah for sure god knows i yeah. do for sure <laughs> i uh i love all the gray rooms guys i'm telling you everybody's <laughs> great and the, the women not so much yeah that no I, I mean i mean <laughs> in general book. <laughs> I, uh, you know, everybody that's working on this. Thanks, Jason. You're a, you're a pal. Well, I'm sorry. What? Um, <laughs> I'm glad we can edit this later. Okay, guys. No editing. I just want to say <laughs> no editing because it is sincere. <laughs> so but we're laughing that, at, at the awkwardness. That's all. <laughs> that that was all the questions I had today. Thank you. Um, I w <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, give everybody as we wrap up a chance to talk about anything that they're, uh, doing in addition to the gray rooms. Uh, we can start with Bo. Bo, is there anything you want to talk about or anything you're working on? Uh, one thing on the horizon that might be coming out soon. If it is, I can't talk about it, but just stay tuned and yeah, hopefully that goes through. The other thing is, I might, um, I might be, I am uh, going to give away, uh, uh, come together with some other writers and created this nice little thing that I would like to give away for Christmas. But it's not just going to be for Christmas. Once I release it, it's just going to be free forever. So when it comes out, just keep an eye out for that. Is it? Is there a title or anything like that, or? Uh, not necessarily. I don't. I don't know. If it's gonna be released under yet. I, I don't. I don't oh. know. Yet. <laughs> Still debating. Okay. What about Stay your book? Tuned. What about your book? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, all my books are still available. Year forty seven. Yeah. Fires in. Uh, once you get to know me, all that good stuff. And then, of course, I did all the anything with the Father Crown. Even if I'm, you know, especially if I'm not in it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we go find those books? I mean, I, I uh, Father, uh, Father great magazine. They they also do uh publications. They do uh they were gracious enough to let me edit one books. I got to edit the uh, Appalachian Horror book that they did. Uh, but they're uh, fathercream.com I think. And, nice. Uh, that's their Twitter. Yeah, we have the go year. We have the out. year forty-seven at our house and. Me and Christina have been reading that together and really thoroughly enjoy that. So thanks for letting us do the uh, epilogue at the very beginning and a uh, great book, man. Absolutely. Oh, thank you if so you much. get a chance, you check it out. If you like Bo's, uh, if you like uh, Jailbird or if you like Lookalike, 
Um, Bo's stuff is good. You should check his book out. Seriously. We Thanks need to post. Me. We need to post those links on the actual, you know, like in the show notes of this episode, so everybody can, uh, you know, For have sure. easier access to and that. And that's we, where they'll be. That's where you'll find them, everybody. Yep. Gotta get yes. love. Gotta get love. <laughs> Graham, what? What are, you were working on pretty much every every podcast known to man, I think. But yeah. what's what's new? What's new going on? What is new? Um, there is a podcast that I'm uh, contributing to called Rainition Theory. Uh, that is, uh, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to come out, but uh, I'm really enjoying the scripts. Uh, I'm playing uh, a spy, um, but I'm not sort of. The, the idea of the spy is uh, is a practical spy, sort of like a um, Tinker Tailor soldier spy. It's not about James Bond stuff. It's about listening. It's about, uh, it's more uh, pedestrian than that. But the writing is really amazing. And it, it, uh, it the, the caption for the show's uh, Twitter is, it's an audio fiction podcast about the destruction of the world's greatest city. Um, hmm. And it's, I never even knew this word. Rainition. R e r r e i r e i g n i t o. Oh, they spelt it wrong. Well, all right. <laughs> well, you know, there's so many things in the in a Twitter handle. It's right in the Twitter handle, but then in the actual name above it, there's a missing. Anyway, Rainition theory looks really cool. The writing is really wonderful. Nah, I um, want to hear this. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I like playing a sort of a like a fussy old English spy. Um, and um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff. I'm contributing a, a, a few characters to Henry Galley's a new show that's launching in January called uh, Less is Morgue. It's a comedy uh, podcast where I think it's a, a ghoul, a, <laughs> a ghoul and a zombie. Less is Morgue. And uh, I think it's a, 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 a ghoul and a zombie sort of dealing with their own stuff, but people keep dropping in uh, to, for them to interview. So it's... Uh, Interesting. So those are two. Those are, those are two. And I've got to record some no sleep stuff when I finish with you fine gentlemen. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll be for that too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason, are you working on anything? Nope, I'm just working on. Uh, I'm just working on the uh, the podcast. I'm also working on Bane. Um, the, we're, we actually just um, we're actually getting ready to send out the uh, one or two line. Um, uh, I don't want to say audition pieces, but script pieces to the uh, patrons who have uh, uh, been awarded the opportunity to be featured in a story produced by us for Bane, which uh, Bane is a uh, uh, Patreon-exclusive uh, podcast for our patrons. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's a Grey Room's uh, feature. But yeah, no, other than that, nothing. Just hanging out, listening, having a good time. Um, yeah, just drinking the coldies as cold as they can get. <laughs> and it is getting cold now. Just keep your windows open. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you all for coming. Thank you for, you know, helping uh, all of our fans to get a better understanding of the story and the process of creating it. Um, I'd like to, again, thank uh, Bo and Graham 
for uh, taking part in this with us. And, um, you know, again, you guys, all of you, all of our listeners, thank you so much for to joining in and being such wonderful fans and, and enjoying our show. You guys mean so much to us. So, guys, have a good night. Thank you. Thank, thank you guys. ever so much. Appreciate it. of Behind the Door.